Happy May, everybody! It's Atomic Monsoon! Mayday! Mayday! Ah, take cover! <laughs> yes, it is It is May 1st, 2020, uh, and and welcome to another episode of Atomic Monsoon. Indeed, welcome everybody. Uh, and we're thank still in you. quarantine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're still at home. Uh, still don't have our fancy studio mics, just our, our personal headsets. Uh, but that's okay, because... Yeah. You know, we can still we can still share the fun, even if we don't sound quite as good. Indeed. Um, uh, I want to say thanks to our friends at Defam Records uh, for providing our intro music. Thanks, and um, if you you probably aren't, but if you are listening to this episode today on May first, twenty twenty, Bandcamp has uh, decided that they are giving all money spent on any music today to the artists. So please check out our friends on Defam Records on Bandcamp. Um, if you go to defmrecords.com, it should just redirect you to their Bandcamp site, I believe. And if not, there will be a link to it. So D-E-A-F-M-R-E-C-O-R-D-S.com. Um, or check out uh, some of the individual bands like the Saturn Three or uh, One and Done or the Rainbow's Beard or uh, the Dead Gear. There's all kinds of great stuff that you can find and some new music. And right now, today, all of it goes straight to the artist. Yay! Yeah, so do it. <laughs> Speaking of artists, this is an awful segue. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, Steph, you had the idea to talk about some of our favorite movies by decade. Yeah. So how this came to be is I was sitting on my butt um, like you do That's when you're at home. And I was watching uh, a couple of just videos on YouTube. And one of them was from Watch Mojo, which is a great site that does like top 10, top 20, top however many videos sure. uh, about things. And they were doing this one of the top 10, 20 movies of this century so far. OK. And I was watching it and I was just like, wow, that's really cool. And then as I was watching it, I suddenly started thinking about, huh. This would be an interesting episode of Atomic Monsoon to talk about our favorite, not the top, our favorite um, movies of maybe like each decade. And I kind of decided, why don't we start at the decade when like us as hosts were born? I mean, you were born in the 80s. I was born in the 90s. But like start in those decades. And then if we want to, we can go earlier uh, and everything. We we obviously can't go much later than 2020, but. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Because <laughs> the future hasn't happened yet. But. Yeah, that's why it's the future. Uh, even even in Back to the Future, past 2020 hasn't happened yet. So that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, okay, okay. So I wrote down a list of, of some movies. I know we talked about maybe doing between three and five, and I came up with six uh, favorite movies for both the 80s and 90s. So I don't know which one you wanted to start with today or... I thought we kind of start, just kind of st- stick with the 80s today, and we can check out the 90s maybe later. Okay, okay, sounds good, sounds good. Uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, how many did you end up with? Um, strictly just 80s movies, I kind of started off, I kind of have the same number. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, I have one honorable mention, but other than that, I have pretty much kind of the same number, like five or six. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have six. One of mine is effectively going to be an honorable mention because I don't think there's much to say about the movie. Uh, yeah. I feel like if you're watching, if you're listening to this show, you've probably seen uh, Akira. 
Uh, so that's my oh. honorable mention. Uh, <laughs> that's a good honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Akira came out in 1988 originally in Japan. Um, I know it took another couple years or so to get uh, translated to English and brought to the States. And then the dub that you can find now came out in 2001. But the original release in Japan was 1988. Therefore, it is technically an 80s movie. Um, also, it takes place in 2020 uh, or, or very near in the future because the uh, Olympic Games Dome was uh, in part of the movie. So um, the Olympic Games were supposed to happen in Tokyo this year. Yes. Yes. That I think that was part of I, like, I don't know if this is true, but like allegedly part of the reason Japan got the, the Olympic Games in 2020 was because of Akira. Um, that is that is the most amazing reason ever. And and allegedly Akira was going to be part of the opening ceremony. Now, obviously, because of COVID-19, the Olympics have been pushed back a year, uh, hopefully, hopefully just one year. Um, yeah. uh, so we'll see. We'll see how all that all that goes. But um, yeah, Akira was uh, outside of Astro Boy and Speed Racer. Um, it was kind of like the first big anime thing that we like a lot of americans got to see mm -hmm. so um yeah i thought i thought it deserved a, a reasonable uh you know it was worth talking about <laughs> indeed you know yeah. my honorable mention so i was looking up like a list of movies and everything mm -hmm. and just that came out in the 80s just thinking like okay which of these have i seen which of these do i enjoy which of these have i actually gone back and watched multiple times and one movie came up and i'm only and i, and I decided to put it as an honorable mention because this was like a movie of my childhood i thoroughly enjoyed Okay. Uh, and it stars one of my favorite actors of all time, um, Popeye. Oh, the Robin Williams and is it Shelley Duvall? I think Oliver? it is. Okay. I think yeah, it yeah, is yeah. her. But yeah, it is Robin Williams as Popeye. Um, and I was scrolling through and I saw that and I was just like, oh my God, Popeye. Um, and it was funny because I was like, wow, I completely forgot about this movie because it's, you know, it exists so far back into my brain. Sure, um, yeah. And I was like, I have to put this as an honorable mention because Robin Williams is one of my favorite actors. And this was a really good movie for my childhood. Plus, every time I think about this Popeye movie, I think about this um, Paramount Home Videos uh, video trailer thing they put out in the 90s to the theme of Happy Days. I posted it on Facebook. I can share it on Atomic Monsoon. Um, <laughs> Please do. And it is just, it's the, it, that's where I first heard the theme of Happy Days. Uh, but it's just like, this strange collaboration of all these Paramount movies and Popeye is one of them. And so I was like, I have to, I have to list it. So. Okay. Okay. That's a lot of fun. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen that Popeye movie since the eighties actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know I definitely saw it as a kid. Um, uh, and, and remembering that the living room that I was living in, cause we moved six or seven times when I was a kid. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember which, which house I was living in. And I think we moved out of that house in, I want to say either 89 or 90, maybe 91. So there's a, there's a really strong chance that I haven't seen Popeye since the eighties, potentially the very early nineties. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. But I remember, I remember having fun with it. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. So, Andy, what is one of your favorite 80s movies? Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, everyone everyone is going to be able to, to pay. If, if you've been paying attention to this show over the last, uh, since October, uh, mm -hmm. you're going you're gonna to know what my number one favorite 80s movie is. So we're going to save yep. that for later. Yep. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to jump in with maybe a, a less expected pick. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with The Last Unicorn. Oh, okay. 
The Last Unicorn was an 1982 animated film. Uh, it was it was based on the novel by Peter S. Beagle, uh, who also wrote the screenplay for the film. Okay. It was animated by, oh, I want to get this right, Rankin Bass. Um, not Ruby Spears, which I often say by mistake. It was Rankin Bass. Uh, Rankin Bass obviously did the uh, stop motion Rudolph and Santa movies in, in the 60s and stuff. Um, ah. But also in the 80s, they did Thundercats and they did the animated Hobbit and Return of the King movies. Um, so, you know, it's, it's got a very, it's an almost anime style, but it's not because it's mm-hmm. a, an American production company. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's a very kind of fantastic look to the movie. Like it doesn't, and it doesn't look like a Disney, it does not look like a Disney movie at all. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's the story of a unicorn who finds out that she is the last unicorn, um, uh, the unicorn herself is, is voiced by Mia Farrow. Um, and let's see, uh, Alan Arkin is in there. A young Jeff Bridges is one of the voices. Wow. Uh, Ang- Angela Lansbury is a voice. Uh, and Christopher Lee plays King Haggard. And when, uh, <laughs> I, I, my roommates had never seen it. So because we've been doing movies every night during quarantine, um, we we watched I, I picked that movie to watch one night and like the instant Christopher Lee came on screen, it was like, Yeah, that's that's Christopher Lee. There's no mistaking, mm-hmm. you know, Saruman from the live action Lord of the Rings or, you know, Dracula from the old Hammer uh Dracula movies. Or Count so, Dooku from Star Wars. Or Count Dooku from yeah, like you hear Christopher Lee and it's like, Yeah, that's that's Christopher Lee. There's no way that's not him. So um just a yeah. quick side thing about Christopher Lee. Some, yes. fun fun interesting fun fact. Um there was a brief time where, and I actually looked this up, uh, where he actually voiced um, uh, the wizard, uh, gosh, I'm going to have to look up the wizard's name, but he voiced the wizard character, uh, What you know, the, you've seen the old Fantasmic Sorcerer's, Appren- uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice, right? The old Fantasia thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, he voiced that wizard character that Mickey is apprenticed to. Oh, uh, Yensed. 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 Yeah. Yensed. Um, yeah. He voices him in Kingdom Hearts. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. It's the first Disney time I heard him talk, I was like, "Wow." <laughs> yeah, the wizard's name is Disney backwards, which is how you remember it. Oh, that is helpful now. Thank you for that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I can never remember which. Uh, I can never remember which order the letters go in backwards, but it is it is Disney backwards is. Uh, is the sorcerer's name. Well, that's helpful. So thank you. Anyway, yeah. Back to the last right. unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so the last unicorn is, it was, it was one of those movies that like, you know, as a young boy in the eighties, I didn't want to watch a movie called the last unicorn. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's a girl movie, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because you know, society just enforces gender roles upon us. And, and yeah. we, live with them until we grow up to know better. Uh, mm-hmm. Or we have parents who are like, yeah, that's kind of crap. Don't, don't buy into that. Um, so the last unicorn, it turned out was one of my mom's favorite movies. Oh. Uh, so she ended up buying a VHS. Like she special ordered it from a blockbuster video because mm-hmm. it was, you know, back when blockbuster existed. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't remember if we all sat down and watched it or if she was watching it. And I was just like, yeah, I guess I'll check this out too. But it kind of blew me away. 
Um, so it was one of the first things I bought on DVD. Um, I know I, I bought like a, an, an anniversary edition DVD for my mom years later because she just had the old VHS and had never bought a new copy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I eventually bought the novel. And I got like three quarters of the way through and I was like, I don't feel like I need to finish reading this because it was exactly the movie. Wow. That's hard to say about a book. Yeah. Now there were a couple of things like obviously there was more description in the novel because it's a book, right? So the things that you would be seeing, you just had to read the, the word, the the descriptions of, and there were, there were a couple of tweaks to dialogue here and there um, for the, you know, because there are, the way that you read is different than the way that people speak. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but other than, than, you know, playing the for, playing to the format. Uh, yeah. And I think it's because Peter S. Beagle wrote both the novel and the screenplay. I think it's because it was the same guy doing both of them that it was like, yeah, it's going to be accurate because it's his story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last year, maybe two years ago now, uh, I got the chance to see The Last Unicorn, um, the the film bar in downtown Phoenix did a screening of it, and I got a chance to see it on the big screen for the first time. And there were things that I noticed on the big screen that I've never seen in the dozens of times I've watched the the home video version. Huh. So, yeah, yeah. That's neat. So, it was a lot of fun, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen The Last Unicorn, Stephanie? I have not, but you know what's strange is that as of recently, and it's not because I th- it's not because you've been sharing it, but other people I know have been sharing pictures and photos and things like that from it in my Facebook feed in the past couple of weeks. Oh, so now I'm actually curious to watch it because everyone's been talking about it, and I know you've been talking about it before. So yeah. now I'm just like, okay, now I feel like Fate's just telling me I need to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, like, it's not the best movie in the world. Like, I will, I will gladly admit, like, there are better movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are better fantasy movies in the 80s. But I do kind of feel like it's, it's, I don't know, it, it is one of my favorites. Again, partially because it was one of my mom's favorite movies, so we watched it a bunch as kids. Um, but, yeah, it, it does things that other animated movies of the decade weren't doing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think it's worth trying. And also, yeah. it's like it's like ninety minutes, so it's not even like it's going to take you all night to watch or anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, cool, cool. So, how about you? What's one of your What's one of your favorite eighties movies, Stephanie? So, um, what's funny is I actually asked. Uh, I was actually talking to my husband about this, and I asked him like, "What do you think are some of my favorite eighties movies?" If you had to actually guess, and a lot of them he guessed were very much pointed toward, um, di- very much owned or made by Disney, which Right, he's not wrong. Um, right. That I, I do specifically, enjoy. Specifically, did not include any Disney movies on my list because I figured you would have them on yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oddly enough, I'm I'm gonna have some that I don't think you would have expected me to have. Sure. Um, I mean, you you maybe, but the audience probably not. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna hold off on the Disney movies, and I'm actually gonna go to. So I I couldn't choose between either of these films. Both were made in the '80s. Both. Uh-huh. Uh, and both are this, both are part of the same overarching universe. Um, but Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Last Crusade, the Indiana Jones movies. Okay, okay. Um, Those so, uh, were not the two movies made in the '80s that were from the same film franchise by LucasArts that I was expecting you to say. Uh, oh, don't worry. Those are on my list too. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just like, like your like your list. Uh, how you uh-huh. have your favorite that you're going to say later. I'll say mine later. Okay. Um, fair enough. Fair but enough. 
I thought I would go ahead and start with these ones uh, because so um, at the time after I had been introduced to Star Wars and everything, uh, my dad had introduced had finally said sat me down and we watched uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Temple of Doom and the Last Crusade and all these Indiana Jones movies. Sure. Um, and at this time, this was before the fourth one came out. Okay. Um, but for those of you that don't know, which I'd be surprised if you didn't know this, uh, Indiana, so Ages of the Lost Star came out in 1981. It was uh, obviously directed by Mr. Steven Spielberg and written by George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, and it stars Harrison Ford. And, uh, you know, Karen Allen, Paul Freeman, a few other, you know, relatively big names, John Rice davies um, And it's, you know, it's... I feel like I don't need to really explain, you know, what all Indiana Jones is about because everyone I feel like has seen the Indiana Jones films. But, you know, as a kid, you know, growing up and now starting to get more into these action films and these adventure films, Indiana Jones was kind of this one that I was not expecting myself to truly enjoy as much. Sure. Um, But I really do enjoy it. However, uh, I will honest to God admit when Indy tells Marion to close her eyes and not look when the spirits of the Ark are flying around. I do the same thing. I don't look. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's like when, uh, it's like when you, if you've ever written the Indiana Jones right at Disney and they say, don't look into the eyes of the, uh, of the, of the statue. I don't do it then either. Uh, And it's not because, you know, Oh, I'm afraid of getting cursed or anything like that. Or the spirits are going to come popping out of my television. It's literally because uh, (laughs) I don't do well with jump scares. (laughs) That's fair. That's and, totally fair. Yeah. And so if I look into the eyes, I feel like something's going to pop out and freak me out. So it's just better to like, you know, close my eyes and just go through and then open them up once we pass it and go through the rest of the ride. Yeah. Or yeah. close my eyes and let them eat all the Nazis. Uh, <laughs> but sure. yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, but the reason why I couldn't choose between it and the last crusade is because uh, I actually really enjoyed um just the overarching like humor and adventure and just the banter between Sean Connery and Harrison Ford as father and oh, son. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also the fact that, okay, yeah, there's, you know, we're learning about, you know, the Holy grail and they're going to go look for it. And it has that, you know, it has a beheading scene and the guy drinking the wrong grail, um, which fun fact, the guy who drinks the wrong grail is also in another movie that I'm going to be listing later. Uh-huh. Um, so that's an f- interesting, fun fact. Same with Harrison Ford. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I just I just grew up loving these movies and absolutely um, adoring them and just thinking that they're absolutely nothing but fun. That uh, I think one Halloween as a kid, me and my brother, like he dressed up as Indiana Jones and I dressed up as, um, I don't remember her name, but she's the main villain of the fourth film. Um, oh, sure. Okay. The Russian, the Russian woman. Uh-huh. Um, but it was just, it was just, it's just fun, and it's and these are just classic action adventure films. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you see the hat and you see the whip and you hear the classic dun da dun da, you just immediately know you're going on an adventure. And that's what yeah. I love about these films. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. What's another one for you? Uh, another one for me. Um, well, let's keep on the the action adventure kick while we're while we're going there. Uh, so we're gonna go to 1986. And we're going to go to a movie by the director of my favorite movie of all time, but not my favorite movie of all time, because that movie came out in the 90s. Uh, so we're going to go with Aliens. Uh, the original Alien, I, this is blasphemous for most people to hear. I'm not really a fan of that movie. That's it's fair. 
it's well done. It is a well-made movie, but it's a little too much on the horror suspense side for my taste. Uh, But the sequel, Aliens, uh, directed by James Cameron, um, and of course, you know, starring Sigourney Weaver and Mm -hmm. uh, the whole cast of Space Marines, um, Mm -hmm. uh, all of whose actors' names escape me at the moment. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Man, it's it's so much fun uh, watching those characters go to another planet and encounter the, the alien xenomorph and like the hive of them. Right. And, and they had, they just, there's, there's, there's a, 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 a hive, right. There's just so many, there's hundreds of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, the banter between the character, the, the space Marines all feels authentic to what I know about actual military people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I appreciate, uh, Oh, what is her name? The, the super buff gal in it. Um, you know, she, the people are trading quips with her about being a woman and she's right back questioning their masculinity, right? Which, you know, not the best thing to be doing in actual society, but in that culture, that is part of the, you know, military team culture. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, this is, you know, and they're all busting each other's chops and, and other anatomy, uh, you know, throughout the entire movie. So like, yeah, um. I don't know, and then and then getting to see, you know, the the a couple of different variations. Like, I, I, mean, I guess there's not different variations of aliens in in the movie, but like, you know, so the that movie definitely was the reason that Aliens became a franchise, right? The first movie was cool uh, and did very well, but there was only like the one alien toy and like a couple of very small um, uh, bits of merchandising for it because it was a rated R movie, and so you can't really sell toys to that yeah um but like by the time the second one came out it was like all right listen all the kids have seen this like all the kids are i have seen one of the two movies now um and i guess it was around the time alien 3 came out actually that they were like no forget it like here's toys of all the space marines and and aliens and different variants on the aliens and and um uh you know based on the success of this i think was why we dark horse comics got the alien comic book franchise mm-hmm. uh, license and uh you know i haven't read a ton of them but the ones i have read have all been a lot of fun um and and without all of that success like there wouldn't have been the alien versus predator comics and video games and and everything uh and movies eventually mm-hmm. um so yeah i i don't know like the first movie's cool and i i don't it, you know, it's not my cup of tea, but I don't want to disrespect the movie at all. But to me, the second one is really the thing that pulled uh, the whole thing together. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and yeah, uh, I yeah, I, I would say it's it's that one is something I didn't even appreciate until uh, fairly recently, um, last last few years or so. And then again, it was either last year or the year before. Uh, one of the Harkins theaters out here actually for their classic night Tuesdays um, showed aliens. And so my brother and I went and, and we both went and saw that for five bucks a piece. Um, and so I got to see that on the big screen too. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I would say what's one of yours. <laughs> <laughs> so another, so another favorite of mine from the eighties. Now this one, um, is very much the definition of cult classic okay. in the sense of Disney films. So, if for those of you that don't know, um, 
after Walt Disney passed away, there was a period of time called the Disney Dark Ages. Yeah, the Dark Ages. And that was when Disney was pumping out movies and animated features that just were not doing it for the box office. They were not doing it for any... I mean, like, they weren't doing it for the audiences at the time, but audiences grew to love them over time, um, which they ended up getting, you know, the term cult classics, but... Right. It wasn't until 1989 when The Little Mermaid came out and then the Disney Renaissance happened and, you know, mm-hmm. they started swimming in the money. Um, <laughs> and that's why I think when Mike Eisner and um, Frank Welks uh, took over for the company. I believe around that time correct. as well. Yeah, I think that's correct. But uh, during all of that time, there was one movie that came out that has kind of been seen as like, the black sheep of the Disney animated family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is the black cauldron. Mm-hmm. I loved this movie as a, chi- as a child. And here's the thing. Okay. I did not handle any live action or any movies that involved creepy or horrifying scenes very well. Right. But this is the one movie, like this movie in Anastasia, which I'll talk about, you know, when we do the 90s episode. Um, but this movie, like, if you've seen what the Horned King looks like, and if you've seen this movie, it is not for the faint of heart for, for younger audience. Interesting. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be honest. Uh, Black Cauldron is one of those movies that, like, it came out. Mm-hmm. and it got its home video release and then it went in the disney vault and it never came out again and so mm-hmm. i didn't get i've never seen it it's on disney plus i'm sure it is <laughs> so so um, is the horned king i'm gonna look up this character right now while we're talking oh yeah that's nightmare fuel um okay. but this is also the first and i think the only disney animated movie that actually has the pg rating Okay, I of, at le- of at least the at least of before the two thousands, I think some of the movies after the two thousands, like Atlantis and Treasure Planet and things like that, I think some of those got PG ratings. But this one was the only one of their time to get a PG rating because it was just that kind of gruesome and little, little it wasn't really gruesome, but it was just a little. It was way too dark. Yeah, way too dark yeah. for the Disney formula. Um, but I absolutely loved it. I mean, it's holy it's cow! Like, this guy's horrifying. Told you. <laughs> 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 I mean, like, listen, I grew up, I was a teenage Metallica fan. Like, I, guys with skulls and robes and stuff, like, that's, I, I doodle those things for fun. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but, like, this is way too scary for a Disney movie. What in the world? Uh-huh. So, oh, man. Well, without spoiling too much, um, the way the story goes is that there's this young boy who owns a pig. Mm-hmm. Um, and this pig has this very strange ability. I think it's actually, I think this is actually based on an actual novel. So, so this isn't just Disney making something up. Um, but this pig has a strange ability to see, you know, into the future and see things that are to come. And so the boy, the pig, uh, this young princess named uh, Ilanwi, and this strange sloth slash monkey slash we don't really know what his creature is type but you know it's a fantasy world so who cares mm-hmm. type character named Gurgi go on this like huge adventure with a bard type character I don't remember his name I think his name is Dallin um, and they're going to stop the Horned King from getting the Black Cauldron okay. and there's this and it's 
it's like it's like okay, you you hear the sound of that and you think okay, it's fantasy and you know and there's fairies in the movie and it sounds very you know it sounds like it could be kind of lighthearted and like a fun filled you know adventure film, but you know once you get later into the film and the black cauldron comes out and the horned king comes into play and everything like that's happening, you're sitting there going like, well, whose idea was this? Man, I gotta <laughs> watch this movie. <laughs> so i mean yeah and it, it's just it's like it's strangely dark it's strangely creepy and i strangely loved it as a kid it was the one movie that did not traumatize me as a child i you know what i gotta be honest i would not have pegged that to be on your list uh yeah despite my earlier comment about disney movies i would not have pegged the the black cauldron to be on your list at all yeah no it's uh like because a lot of people assume especially and this is no offense against you know any other disney fan out there Sure. But a lot of people assume that Little Mermaid is one of those movies. For I me. Mean, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I like look, I like the sequel to the Little Mermaid, the second one with her daughter, more than I like the first Little Mermaid. And I still like the first Little Mermaid a lot. Sure. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But that's just because that's what I grew up on. So Right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving right along. Uh, okay, so, (laughs) (laughs) things that are maybe a little too dark, maybe a little darker than uh, they should have been, and ended up with a rating that the producers did not expect. Uh, from 1987, Robocop. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so, Robocop, uh, is, uh, (laughs) Robocop's pretty dark, um, it, it was released with an R rating after they edited out a bunch of violence that would have made it rated X. Um, in 1987, wow. the, NC, the NC-17 rating didn't exist. So it was, you were looking at... Uh, R or G, X. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was G, PG. PG-13 had just come out, R and then X. So, yeah, it was so violent that the MPAA was like, no, like, we can't release this. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it is a movie from 1987, right? It is 33 years old at this point. Uh, so it, it, that level of violence is a little more commonplace in rated R movies these days. Yeah. Um, and so as a result, you can't buy the theatrical release anymore. You can only get the director's cut, which has oh. all the violence added back in. Um, we, and again, a movie that my roommates had never seen. So I was like, well, we're watching Robocop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, everyone enjoyed it. Everyone had a good time. And the violence, uh, while it is crazy and over the top, um, it's not, it was actually wasn't as bad as I remembered it being. Um, so Robocop is the story about a police officer, Alex Murphy, who is killed in the line of duty, um, and is refitted by Omni consumer, uh, Omni consumer products, OCP, as uh, they rebuild him as a cyborg. So it's, it's Officer Murphy's brain in a cybernetic body. Um, and then they, they were able to save his face to put on uh, the, the cyborg body, um, but mostly under a mask. Uh, and he comes back and, you know, as, as Robocop, his deal is he's there to protect the innocent and to be mm-hmm. a, a valiant police officer um, in a world of corporate espionage and people in conglomerates working with mobsters and et cetera, et cetera. Um, set in, you know, quote unquote, near future Detroit. 
right? Mm-hmm. So near future from 1987, yeah, figure you you can figure out when that's supposed to take place on your own. They don't ever explicitly say. Um, but it is kind of an amazing satire on late eight or like mid eighties, um, like big city America. Um, all of the news reports are like, "Hey, here's this terrible, horrific thing that happened in the news." Meanwhile, bunnies, bunnies, <laughs> and like, I mean, not quite that extreme, but it is like, you know, yeah, it's 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 pretty bad. Um, <laughs> uh, man, I don't know what to say about RoboCop. I kind of feel like it's a movie that, like, either you've seen or maybe you haven't. Um, and if you haven't, I would say maybe give it a shot. It is it is a fun action movie. It is it is a little violent, a little gory, but like, quite frankly, like Mortal Kombat Two is more violent than RoboCop. Uh, and that movie just that game came out just a few years later. So like, I don't think it's anything uh, uh, too out there. Um, also, Kurtwood Smith, who played the dad on that '70s show, is absolutely the coolest bad guy in '80s movies. Nice. And and is you know the bad guy that kills RoboCop. Um, and he is just he's just such an asshole in that movie, and he does it so well. And I absolutely believe that he is that character. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I, I want to give a quick shout out to my buddy Steve that I used to work with at Samurai Comics, uh, who owns a shirt that says, remember that time RoboCop shot that guy in the dick? Which is totally <laughs> a scene from that movie uh, where RoboCop stops a potential rapist. So, Very nice. Good times. Good times. Good times. Good Anyways, time. yeah, RoboCop's great. Uh, I highly recommend that you watch it. Um, it is part of the Criterion Collection. It's such a well-regarded movie. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So that's that's fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome. um, and, and quick side story about RoboCop. Uh, when we were kids, um, the the RoboCop and the Ultra Police cartoon was on, and there was a Swamp Thing cartoon um, because there was a thing in the '80s about making cartoons out of R-rated movies, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anyways, so my brother and I both watched the Swamp Thing and the RoboCop cartoons and had a couple of the toys and stuff. Um, and one of the things about the Swamp Thing cartoon was when Swamp Thing, which is a whole other franchise I'm not going to get into right now, but when he got weak on power, he had to return to the Swamp to, like, regenerate and heal and stuff, right? Yeah, makes sense. So my brother, as, as like, a four- or five-year-old kid, got the idea that if RoboCop went to the Swamp then he could regenerate and become stronger and more powerful. <laughs> and so he invented the character Swamp Robocop, uh, which when he described it to me, he's like, no, it's Robocop, but he has all like the swamp like plants and slime and stuff on him. Uh, and so Swamp Robocop has been kind of this little, this little in-joke between the two of us, um, which totally paid off a few years ago when I bought a Robocop action figure and painted and sculpted a bunch of crap on him so I, he could actually have a glow-in-the-dark Swamp Robocop action figure. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> so cool. not a story I spent on Telling's Day. But, uh, yeah, let's add a personal touch. There you go. Yeah. All right, Steph, what's your next movie? So my next one is uh, still from the Disney vault. Mm-hmm. Um this is another one of those movies that existed uh, in the dark ages of Disney. And this one is uh, definitely has a lighter tone to it. It is called the great mouse detective. I remember that movie. Mm-hmm. It came out in 1986 uh, and pretty much long story short, it is what if we tell a Sherlock Holmes story, but instead of it being humans, they are mice. Yes. Yes. 
And it was, you know, it was one of those movies that like the black, like, like the black cauldron I grew up with as a kid, um, that, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed and prefer over a lot of other, you know, Disney eighties movies. Like I love Oliver and company, but I still like this, you know, I like, uh, the black cauldron and the great mouse detective more and kind of the same thing with like, you know, like the little mermaid. Um, but the great mouse detective, you know, it was, it was such a great film, you know, growing up as a kid for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved kind of like the mystery solving adventure scheming of it all. I loved the music, especially uh, Radigan and his villain song. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I actually have that on my Halloween playlist because it's a great, just evil song. <laughs> Excellent. Um, plus it's just, it's, it's so funny. It's so witty. And, it, and it's just this perfect blend of, like, action, adventure, humor, and, like, really encapsulating what Sherlock Holmes did back in the day. Like, you know, way back when. Mm-hmm. Um, but introducing him to an to a much younger audience. So that yeah. way they don't have to get into the original Sherlock Holmes films or TV shows or books or whatever brand of yeah. Sherlock you look into. Yeah, like, as great as the old Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes uh, series of films are, like, you're not going to get a lot of little kids watching those movies. Fun fact, Basil, so, you know how you said Basil Rathbone played uh, Sherlock Holmes back in the day? Yes, I did. He plays Sherlock Holmes in this movie. Does he really? Yes, he does, because there's a moment in the film where Basil of Baker Street, who is the mouse Sherlock, um, takes Uh, him, his... His Mr. Watts, his uh, Dr. Watson, which is Dr. Dawson in the, sh- okay. in the movie, and the little girl, Olivia, um, and they're trying to go get Toby the dog so they can use him to go gallivant through London and, you know, find sure. this bat named Fidget who works with Radigan. Um, but there's a point where you actually hear Sherlock talking to Dr. Wat- talking to Watson, and then they go off in their going off on their very similar but human version of the mission <laughs> okay okay so that's fun that's yeah. fun yeah yeah it's, huh. it's a great movie i i always highly recommend it to people and it's one that every now and then i just got to sit down and watch <laughs> yeah so yeah again it's a movie that i know i saw as a kid and i i have not seen it uh i don't even know if i saw it as a teenager I, it's it's been forever since i've seen it but it, mm-hmm. i remember it being a lot of fun so yeah yeah it is also on disney plus <laughs> yes Yes. <laughs> in fact, all of the movies except for Popeye and Indiana, Indiana Jones that I have mentioned today are on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> uh, and I believe Popeye is on Netflix uh, at the moment. Is I, it really? Uh, I know I saw it recently on one of the streaming services that I was watching. It was either Netflix or Hulu. I could be, it may have been taken down since mm. I was last paying attention, but I know it definitely popped up on a recommended for Andy list at some well, point. So. I, know, I know Indiana Jones is still on netflix so oh perfect yeah 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 Yeah. cool all right um back to you andy (laughs) back to me with a movie that i don't think is streaming anywhere at the moment uh so this movie was an absolute bomb in the theater it did no good whatsoever no business um came out 1989 and it came out if not the same weekend then like either the weekend before the weekend after batman um so it was just kind of doomed Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're talking about UHF, the movie uh, starring Weird Al Yankovic. There's a movie starring Weird Al Yankovic? 
Yeah, see, this movie did so poorly in theaters that <laughs> despite all the Weird Al movies, the Weird Al conversations you and I have had, you didn't even know there was a movie. I didn't even know. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about cult classics. Like, this is a cult classic movie. Um, so, UHF, <laughs> someone just popped up on our Skype conversation. Who wants to drink from the fire hose? Uh, which is a wonderful clip from the movie. Uh, UHF is the story of Stanley Spadowski, played by Weird... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Stanley Spadowski is Michael Richards' character. Wow. Uh, George something. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. It's a story of Weird Al, who is just this unfortunate guy that can't keep a job. Uh, his brain keeps shifting over to weird fantasies about television shows and stuff. Yeah. And through a series of weird events... Um, he ends up being put in charge of Channel 62, uh, a, U- a small UHF station on the outskirts of town. Um, now, obviously, UHF channels only go up to 61, so obviously this isn't a real thing, but, you know, that's fine. Weird Al's whole thing is parody and satire, so perfect. Yeah. Uh, so they take Channel 62 and they, they revamp it as the new 62, and they start making with with no budget whatsoever they start making their own shows because they can't afford to license anything uh and over the course of uh, a little while they end up becoming the number one network in town Mm -hmm. this brings uh you know attention is brought to the the guy that is in charge of the network affiliate channel you know so the so uh the thing to remember is when this movie came out, this was still back in the days of there was only ABC, CBS, and NBC, and like Fox was brand new. Mm-hmm. So the network affiliate was one of those channels. Okay. Um, but yeah, so this guy who was the number one in town because he was the local ABC, CBS, NBC uh, affiliate forever, like, like he was like, why are we not number one? And why is this little tiny UHF station that doesn't matter and has never been anything? Why are they number one all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, corporate espionage ensues, blah, blah, blah. Um, the thing that's fun about this movie, though, is it's it's so, you know, you buy a Weird Al Yankovic CD and and you get a couple of parody songs and you get a bunch of original songs done in the style of other artists. And then you get just like his polkas and some original songs where it's just him having fun writing silly, you know, silly jams. Yeah. This movie's kind of the same thing. Oh, it's, dear. you get, you get some parodies of some TV shows. Um, this is where the money for nothing Beverly Hillbillies parody song comes from. Oh, okay. uh, including the music video. Um, which looks like the early old CGI money for nothing by dire straits music video. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this movie has, uh, early appearances by Frank for the nanny, uh, and Michael Richards before he became Kramer on Seinfeld. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's it is a silly ass movie. Like it, you cannot take this movie seriously whatsoever. If you're going in, be like, man, I'm gonna sit down and watch a great film. Like, go watch anything else. Yeah. But, <laughs> but if you're like, man, I want to laugh. Mm-hmm. I want to watch a 30 second clip about a show called Conan the Librarian. 
I want to watch a, a commercial for a movie called Gandhi 2, where Gandhi kills people with assault rifles. Oh my god. Uh, if you want to watch a, a commercial for a business called Spatula City, where they sell spatulas, and that's all. Yep. Uh, yeah, UHF is pretty great. That's fantastic. <laughs> I now, I, I will have to write this down and go look for it later. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I... It, it wasn't streaming last time I checked, but uh, it does pop up on, on Netflix every so often. So um, it may it may be there now, uh, but definitely, yeah. If you want to laugh, if you are the kind of person who likes Weird Al's uh, brand of humor, uh, yeah, definitely go check it out. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, so oddly enough, going down the same route of parody and humor, I actually wrote down a couple of parody humor movies, but I couldn't decide which one to talk about oh you know actually, I, before you on i'm sorry uhf is streaming for free right now on tubitv.com to the internet tubitv.com uh if you don't know about tubitv by the way while we're all locked down watching stuff at home tubitv is great because it's absolutely free mm-hmm. uh they ask that you sign in or you, you sign up and you create an account but like you don't have to it's just the benefit is then you get your your queue and your list of things you've watched um but like it has a ton of stuff on there, um, and and you're gonna find a whole bunch of gold. So and and UHF apparently. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. I'm sorry. Go on. You're good. No. So, uh, so but I wrote down a couple of parody movies that I thought about talking about, and I thought, well, no. I mean, I I mean, I've watched them. I enjoy them. You know, like The Princess Bride. I love The Princess Bride. It's a great movie. Um, you know, but I it's didn't write down Princess Bride because I thought you were going to talk about it. <laughs> and you know, it's weird. I wrote it down, but I did. I don't have a whole lot to talk about it because I didn't really get into the Princess Bride till I was much older. Okay, can and I so, tell you? You know what? I, while we're talking about it, I want to tell the story about the time, the first time I saw Princess Bride. Okay, go ahead. Uh, it was it was the end of the year. I was in third grade, um, so it was the movie had been out for a couple years at that point, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it was, you know, the, it was like the last, the last week of school. And so like all of our lessons were done. We were basically just playing games and, and watching movies and two kids brought in movies one day mm-hmm. and the two movies were Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and The Princess Bride. Yeah. And none of us had seen The Princess Bride, like no one in the class, except for the kid, who, the girl who brought it in and one of the boys. Okay. So two people in this class of, you know, like 25 kids. Um, so the teacher put it up to a vote. Who wants to see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Who wants to see The Princess Bride? And, you know, living in America in the early 90s, democracy ruled, right? Uh-huh. So uh, there were more girls in the class than boys, plus the one boy who had seen it voted for it. Because he was like, no, guys, I'm telling you, this movie is awesome. <laughs> like, But, like, if you're a... a you know, third grade. So what, like seven, eight year old boy, like mm-hmm. you're not voting for the princess bride. Right. No. That, that, I mean, you go back to, I don't want to watch a movie called the last unicorn. Like I definitely don't want to watch a movie called the princess bride as a, as a little boy. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but, but we ended up watching it because that was the one that got voted for. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the movie, every single one of us that was like, Nope, this is my new favorite movie. <laughs> because it's awesome and if you have not seen the princess bride uh you should you should yeah it's inconceivable if you haven't you keep on using that word i do not think it means what you think it means exactly yeah so 
But anyway, so uh, I wrote down a couple of others, but I kept like I couldn't de- I couldn't decide on which one. And then finally, I came to the realization. I also wrote down airplane, mm-hmm. which is a classic. Mm-hmm. I wrote down Caddyshack, which is one my dad absolutely loves. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I thought about writing down Ghostbusters, but we have a whole episode on how we talked about Ghostbusters, so there was no yeah. point. Yeah. I same thought with Ghostbusters. Yeah. But yeah. the one I uh, I wrote down that I came to the conclusion of was Spaceballs. <laughs> Okay. Seven's Spaceballs. So, uh, this one very much like The Princess Bride and many other parody movies, uh, Ida was not introduced to until much later in life. Sure. Um, but one day, uh, uh, a friend of mine sat me down and like, we're watching Spaceballs. You've never seen it. We're watching it. It is completely. It is like it is a huge parody on Star Wars. Now at this time, this is at a point where I was, um, I don't want to say sensitive because that's not the right word for it but i was definitely still at like max i must take every information in and i love and absorb and like you know bow before the knees of vader type obsessed with star wars <laughs> sure before i calm down and now just have this nice library of all my information sure. um <laughs> but uh they said this is a huge this is a parody done by mel brooks about kind of like on star wars and star trek and i was just like yeah okay sure so we sat down we watched it and now I cannot stop quoting it. <laughs> <laughs> it is hands down one of my favorite parody movies. Oh, um, yeah. It it is so freaking hilarious. If you haven't seen it, what's wrong with you? Go watch it. <laughs> like like if you haven't seen the Princess Bride, go watch it. I, um, I'm gonna tell you a quick little secret here. Oh. I saw Spaceballs before I saw Star Wars. What? Yeah. Well, because my childhood was weird, and uh, I mean, just in general. Yeah. Um, and and you know my parents didn't like Star Wars. They so I didn't watch it growing up. I've told that story a whole bunch. But Spaceballs happened to be on TV one day, and so I was like, I don't know what this movie is, but the first couple seconds of it are pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling kids in school about it, and they're like, Oh, it's space. That's Spaceballs. It's making fun of Star Wars. So yeah, I actually saw Spaceballs without knowing what it was or what it was making fun of uh, and fantastic. still thought it was a funny movie. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. It's such a great film. Um, I'm still I, waiting I, for my space balls, the flamethrower, but <laughs> space balls, the flamethrower. And of course me yogurt <laughs> space balls, the doll. <laughs> I just, I love how after that moment, we just see all these other items that are just space balls, the bed sheets, space balls, the toilet paper, space balls, the <laughs> merchandising. Merchandising, um, but yeah, no, it's like there, there's so many quotable moments from it. There's the uh, there's the code to unlock the air shield moment. There's the I'm surrounded by assholes moment. There, yo, <laughs> yo. Um, there's the you know I lost the beeps, the sweeps, and the creeps. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's all these great moments, and one of the ones that oddly enough ended up sticking with me. And it wasn't intentional, but it happened in college. Um, we were doing our play, She Kills Monsters, which I've mentioned before on here. Sure. And my character in the in the play, um, in the D&D world that they had in the game, she was supposed to be a dark elf who was a mm-hmm. druid. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> well <Yep>. hold on. <laughs> uh, they put. We didn't realize this until they put the... Uh, the graphics up, the, the media up on um, on the stage, and we were looking at it, and everyone started laughing, and I was just like, what's so funny? And they're like, look at your stats. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I look over, and, you know, it said species, druid. 
<laughs> it didn't say species dark elf. It said species druid. And then um, type was dark elf, which is supposed to be the other way around. Okay. And the first thing I made, the first comment that came out of my mouth was, Funny. Funny. I don't look Druish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they got everyone to laugh because uh, they were thinking the same thing. Fantastic. So it's just, it's such a great movie. It's so funny, so quotable. And it's just, I mean, I love Star Wars to death and everything like that, but this is just, it's such a great parody movie. And, you know, and Mel Brooks did a great job with it. So it, yeah, I'm yeah. still waiting on Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. Well, there was a Spaceballs animated series that came out in the early aughts. Uh, the less said about that, the better. Yeah. It, it didn't. It didn't mm. live up to the promise. But still, uh, yeah, go watch Spaceballs. <laughs> Indeed, go watch Spaceballs. All right, so. we've only got a few minutes left. So, uh, time for our favorites. For time for our favorites. Look, it's Transformers the movie. Uh, you already knew that. <laughs> yeah, like you knew it was Transformers. Um, I, I, I. I'm sure I've talked about it enough on this show. Um, so I don't want to drag you too much down with it, but like as a kid whose parents were very into telling me the difference between fantasy and reality, uh, I didn't have a lot of the problems with that movie that other kids had. Like when Optimus and the other characters all got murdered, uh, I was just like, cool. All right. They're dead. Whatever. It's yep. a cartoon. And then, you know, when there were new characters and the new Autobot leader and stuff, I was like, cool more toys to buy so <laughs> and then as a kid it was just like cool i'm gonna play with all of them i had optimus and rodimus primes both hanging out being friends and mm -hmm. one would one would lead one mission one would lead the other um anyways transformers the movie is uh again a cult classic i've gotten to see it in theaters a couple of times i even got to introduce it at uh one of the screenings um which was a lot of fun got to do some trivia and uh you know give away some prizes and stuff before beforehand mm -hmm. um yeah, and and the cast in that movie is is legendary as well. Um, mm -hmm. You got uh, uh, Orson Welles playing Unicron, the the transforming planet. Um, Leonard Nimoy from Star Trek plays Galvatron. Robert Stack from Un Unsolved Mysteries is in it. Um, uh, Eric Idle from Monty Python plays Rekgar, um, and Judd Nelson plays Hot Rod. Judd Nelson from you know the Breakfast Club and and all of mm -hmm. the the fun eighty stuff he did. Uh, plays yeah the new Autobot leader Hot Rod or slash Rodimus Prime. So yeah, lots of lots of fun celebrity sh appearances in that. Um, plus you know basically every legendary voice actor of the eighties is in it. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> uh, yeah yeah good times. Uh, you knew I was going to say Transformers just like I know what Stephanie's going to say right now. Okay, well, here's the question, though, because there was two that came out in the 80s. Which one do you think I want to talk about? Well, here's the thing. If you were anyone else, I would suspect you were going to say Empire Strikes Back, but it's you, so I'm going to say Return of the Jedi. Good guess. Um, so, no, you're, <laughs> so here's the thing. Normally, you are not wrong. You are actually correct. I actually do really enjoy Return of the Jedi. It is one of my all-time favorites of the original trilogy. Um, and it came out in 1983. Is it top three of the original trilogy? <laughs> uh, it is, yes, for me. Um, but I mean, there's only three of them, so. Right. But uh, the thing is, though, this is this is something that I will say. Um, the re there's a reason why I'm not talking about it today, though. Okay. Uh, and this is the only reason why. But so, as we know, today is May 1st, and yes. on Monday is going to be May the 4th, which is, you know, Star Wars Day. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for me, I actually churn the entire 
month of May into Star Wars month. And okay. I do it for a couple of reasons. Reason number one is because the first six Star Wars films and Solo mm-hmm. all came out in the month of May. Sure, right. All of them came out in the month of May. Um, you know, with May, you know, with uh, New Hope on May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy seven, mm-hmm. uh, Empire on May twenty first, nineteen eighty. You know, so on and so forth. Uh, and it wasn't until the Clone Wars movie that dropped in August, and then obviously the new films, which had been in. December, except for Solo, which was on, oddly enough, uh, one of the anniversary dates for the original movie. Sure. Um, but no, but but so, but I really do love Return of the Jedi. I really do love that movie. It is just so action packed. It's so great, and it's such a wonderful ending to the original trilogy. Um, and it's it's probably one of the like I can quote I can quote A New Hope pretty well. I can quote Empire pretty well. But I think I can quote Return of the Jedi just a little bit better. Sure. Um, plus it has such an emotional fight scene between Luke and Vader. Sure. But, uh, today I'm going to actually say empire. Okay. And the reason why I'm saying empire is if you caught what date I said for the release of empire, the empire strikes back is turning 40 years old this year. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, and plus who can beat the the biggest plot twist of all time of no, I am your father. Spoilers. It's 40 years old. <laughs> so It's 40 years yeah. old, and there were three movies made specifically to explain that plot. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but yeah, no. So I, I, I really do love and enjoy uh, both films. I think they're both sure. great. And if I, you know, they, they sit at the top of my list for any 80s movies I've seen or watched over my lifetime. Um, but, yeah. It's it, but just like you with Transformers, it's not surprising that my top ones would be Star Wars. Right. So. Right. Yeah. And there you have it. There's the 80s. <laughs> there we have it. There are our favorite 80s movies. Not necessarily the best ones of the decade, but the no. the ones that we decided were our favorites with the caveats that we tried not to overlap each other. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. more it's more fun talking about our favorite films than the best films because we may have never seen the best films. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, listen, it's all subjective anyways. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, okay guys. Well, we are, we are out of time. So, uh, Mm -hmm. find us on all the socials media, uh, Mm -hmm. atomic monsoon on Twitter and Facebook, atomic underscore monsoon on Instagram, uh, get an atomic monsoon logo shirt from our Redbubble store. Um, support our friends at DefM records. And, uh, if you have, uh, let us know some of your favorite eighties movies at atomic monsoon at gmail.com. Um, uh, or on Twitter, and we can uh, stick that into our next episode. Um, or if you guys have suggestions for episodes yourself, uh, let us know. Mm-hmm. I lo- it sound yes, all those things. <laughs> all those all right, things. Guys. Do it. Well, uh, let's. Uh... I-, I got nothing. <laughs> May the force be with you. Wait, actually, no. Wait, hold on. May the Schwartz be with you. Transform and roll out.